Movies by Minutes, project number five. It's Silverado this time, that's no jive. By Lawrence Kasdan, who wrote the show. Best saddle up now, kids, cause here we go. Howdy, and welcome to the first episode of the Silverado Minute Podcast. Each week, Movies by Minutes hosts examine the 1985 Lawrence Kasdan-directed Western Silverado one minute of screen time per episode. I'm Austin Pryor, your host for this inaugural week. I'm the host of Malkovich Malkovich Minute Minute, which will return someday, I promise. Uh, I'll be guiding you through these first five minutes of Silverado, but I won't be going it alone. I have very able help in the form of John Parker and Niall McGowan from Bat Minute. Welcome. Hey. hey. Whoop. Thank you for having us. I'm, I'm very excited. Good this, stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. This is new to me. And, uh, oh, I, yeah. I enjoyed a lot of it. Good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. So you you two are kind of my uh, lucky charms. I decided to, <laughs> to for when you know, for the first week of this project i decided to have you on because i had you on for the first week of uh malkovich malkovich minute minutes and uh really <laughs> set me off at the right the right tone and yeah this makes it all we... like poetry it rhymes mm, exactly yeah oh yeah tying much into the um the george lucas of it all who has very various links uh, not directly to this movie but through lawrence Kasdan. It's, it's there he he looms he looms over proceedings <laughs> everything's connected yeah, <laughs> uh, usually through uh, the Battle of Lucas. Mm. So, minute one of Silverado, uh, we start off with 20 glorious seconds of the Columbia Pictures logo. Um, mm. So, uh, w- what did you think of this? Well, what? I just want to say that, like, when I put this on initially, with how silent all of this was, like, oh, I know Columbia, yeah. that yeah. is, but the, it keeps going. I thought there was something wrong with my copy or my TV. Yeah, <laughs> I, was yeah. Like, I was going, oh, what's going on here? There's something wrong. No, just perfectly, perfectly I, normal. I have, to, I have to ask, like, you guys, because, you know, sometimes you say to people, like, when you hear, like, the 20th Century Fox fanfare, like, what, what movie does that yeah. immediately, you know, usually people would go Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the thing is, with the Columbia logo, though, um, like, I have a very specific movie. Really? This particular iteration of this logo brings up to me. But do you guys have one where you see that, you instantly think some music's about to kick in and it's going to be no, a certain because film? No, because the Columbia one doesn't... I don't think it has ever had its own theme. It doesn't have its own fanfare. So no. for me, it doesn't... There's no, like, musical cue that leads you into something else. So I for have me, a movie that it reminds me of, though. Oh, what's that? Oh, I wonder if it's going to be the same. It starts with a G. Uh, yep, we're on the right track here so far. <laughs> Goonies. And then an H. Yep. yep oh. Yeah, I think it's, it's <laughs> oh, very much exactly the same movie. Ghostbusters. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. always think of Ghostbusters, and you want to know what it is, because um, obviously I grew up in a time where you kind of just had the two Ghostbusters movies together. It was just yeah. it was one movie. You know, you didn't yeah. think about it. And as Already. an English kid, I didn't know what Columbia was or who she was. Yes. Mm. So I thought, oh, it's the Statue of Liberty. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because it's kind of the same concept. Yes, it's a similar pose, but I mean... Yeah, Yeah, and Columbia, you know, she was the... I'm trying to remember my history now. I've studied this and I've forgotten. I think she, you know, she represented America. She's the the embodiment of America and she guides them. Yeah, she's like the equivalent of Britannia with the shield. Yeah, Mm. and she guides them with the light. Yes. 
um, which is meant to be like manifest destiny and all this kind of stuff, which yeah. weirdly ties in to the expansion around the time that we are uh, looking at in this film. Westward, hey. the wagons, the Oregon yeah. Trail and all of that. Yeah, and there is she a, led them. There, there's a touch of westward expansion in, in this movie, yeah. Mm. But yeah, I think it's... Um, it, it, it is very much iconic for Ghostbusters. I don't know if it's just because it's like, oh, that's a seminal childhood classic to a lot of people yeah. in our generation. But, but I think because they just do that little thing of like having it completely silent and then you get the little... Yeah, yeah. They they lure you in with it. Well, like, that's why I find the Columbia logo scary to this day. Um, <laughs> like, it, it creeps me out. Really? Yeah. She's yeah. like a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> One prominent example that I think of recently, the last movie that made me think about the Columbia logo was uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. they yeah. start the movie straight away with the multiverse theme and they, the Columbia logo glitches out and changes into several versions of itself and there's one animated version of it that that really sticks out and i had to know what it was and i looked it up and it was for the movie cat baloo and so there's just cat baloo in the place of the of you know lady columbia or whatever we call her and Mm. uh she just gets a lasso and and swings it around and stuff for a second and it just you you just see a brief glimpse of that in spider-man into the spider-verse nothing to do with spider-man obviously but just you know variations on the logo because of mm. the whole multiverse oh, uh, that's awesome it is, that a good, cool. it is a great movie though capaloo is the uh, jane fonda yeah and uh like nat king cole's in it there's like a kind of um they call it like the greek chorus that came as him right. and another guy okay. like, singing along to the events of the movie Ooh. and stuff it's yeah because you to have seen it niall i yeah <laughs> Uh, I've, it's it's tough keeping up with with you Niall and all the all the movies you uh, you <laughs> get through. He's um, seen every movie ever made. I know <laughs> that one. To be fair, is like something that we'll probably get into throughout the week. Is because like my dad is like many people's dads is just like Western aficionado. Same with my dad. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like yeah, just from being in the house with him is like yeah, no, yeah. If it's a Western, I will have seen about at least 20 minutes of it at yes, some point in my yeah, life yeah. because it will just been stuck on the TV constantly. And well, like that is... Well, I, like, yeah, I saw Cat Baloo that way on TV years ago, but I don't... I mean, as a kid, so I definitely need to rewatch it. Well, see, I had mm. the problem of my mum hated Westerns. So my dad would only really watch them when he was on his own. Um, right. And because it was what my dad liked, I didn't like it. That's not cool. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's rubbish. Mm. But I mean, this this movie in particular is like, because it was, you know, it, it was the revival or attempted revival of like, oh, traditional old school Westerns. And yeah, like, you know, these, you know, the, the filmmakers would have grown up with. And my dad's a real stickler for that kind of stuff. Like he likes modern Westerns, but Westerns now have got into this like deconstructionist bit where it's like. You'll never get something that's you know like Rio Bravo, like yeah, in that yeah, kind of che- yeah. like the old cheesy old fashioned way. It'll have to be like dirty and grimy and very like with lots of stark. cussing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which, which I love. I'm a big fan yeah. of Deadwood. Don't get me yeah. wrong. But I actually um, throughout this week, throughout throughout watching this film, I kind of appreciated that it was more old school it wasn't completely it wasn't cheesy yeah mm. i didn't find this movie cheesy at any point it wasn't a corny movie but it kind of played with tropes and things like that 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 uh, yeah harkened back to an earlier time absolutely yeah, yeah. yeah and i think it's interesting what you were saying um well both of the, the the strands to pick up on what you're both saying there is that like 
you were talking about, you know, deconstructing the genre and everything. Lawrence Kasdan has said that this is a postmodernist take on the Western because it's mm. very aware of mm. the genre and of the tropes. And it's trying to use our knowledge and familiarity with previous works in fun and interesting ways. It is in that way a deconstruction, but it reconstructs it into something very fun and accessible that doesn't forget it, it never disappears up its own sense of importance you know what i mean yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just yeah. like it's it it doesn't forget to be fun well it mm. feels like a movie made in the mid 80s <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know what i mean it doesn't feel like oh we're just gonna ape the past it's it's mm. doing it in an 80s kind of context yeah it just has that real feel for me though of like this is what i would call sunday afternoon film yeah, yeah. where it's like I'm pretty sure I've seen throughout my entire life, like my dad sitting, you know, fall, haven't fallen asleep after the Sunday <laughs> yeah, dinner yeah. with this on, like yeah, at least seven times throughout you know my <laughs> thirty-four years. But uh, through that, I would have been like, yeah, when people were talking about doing this project, I, uh, I was in a group chat and people were saying like, what is Silverado anyway? I never heard of it. And I was like, you've never heard of Silverado? It's like wow. it's a classic dad movie. Like it's just always you know you go to it's like three hours long and you, when you go <laughs> try to turn over the TV, your dad's eyes snap open. He's going like, hey, I'm watching that, even though he's been asleep for the last forty. Minutes. <laughs> that's everybody's dad, right? I think that's a universal, uh, international crazy. sort of experience. I think yeah. that just happens as soon as you hit the age of like forty five or something. It's just like, well, it's Sunday at two. <laughs> Time to sleep. Out, but that TV is not changing. <laughs> <laughs> That's really interesting because myself and John were both sharing in, in the green room that we were in that category of like, what? Never seen it. Never, mm. Don't really know that one. But I think it might be just because of the particular love of, of the genre in your house, Niall, because I, <laughs> I get the impression it didn't really have much reach on this side of the Atlantic, this movie. Mm. I can see that because it, it feels very much which it should be, um, made for Americans. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's it's something that they can really connect to. It's it's American history. Well, you know, loosely. Yeah. <laughs> Connecting to the past. And there's like a American. nostalgic feel, which we won't really get. Like, we kind of appreciate it in more, um, in less of an homage and more of a, oh, this is weird and exotic. Yeah, I, Which I is don't know though, yeah, like because because we're nearly as familiar with westerns as uh, Americans are, like culturally. You know what I mean? Through film, definitely. it's not. Yeah, yeah. So like, this doesn't resonate with us in the same way as it would for an American in terms of the like reference to the Oregon Trail and yeah, yeah, and like cowboys. But in terms of like the movie heritage of this, I think it's kind of that's so international because the western was such a huge international trend in cinema you know yeah mm. yeah um, here's one of the ever like because you know back then it would have been like yeah the western was like maybe about like 20 percent of hollywood output seemed to be <laughs> yeah exclusively westerns and at this point people will be like well it's the same with like superhero fair now yes like, it seems to be constantly on the go i just wonder like years from now decades down the line There'll be just dads falling asleep to a superhero movie on oh, the TV with their kids. Absolutely. Like, oh, you God can sake. guarantee it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the kids will find it lame. <laughs> yeah, except the, the dad will be able to have the, the um, you know, the Marvel movies beamed directly into his brain while the kids are watching something else, you know. Um, but other than that, like, I mean, yeah, it's it's totally the, the kind of the dominant Hollywood output. And it's, you know, it's where it's where we 
put our fantasy figures and our heroes and it's you know who we put up on the silver screen you know i, I don't know if you guys have read uh, watchmen oh yes, oh, yes. yes. Yeah, yeah so yeah of course of course sorry <laughs> just need to check these things in the absence of the superhero comic phenomenon because superheroes exist in that universe there is the pirate comic phenomenon you know and that oh, yeah. that's the dominant genre so i kind of think like uh, you know, if we hadn't had the Western, what would we have had in that kind of period of cinema? And and if, Ooh. you know, and if we didn't have superheroes now, what what are the other... Because it, it's kind of... <laughs> the thing is, because I absolutely... There's something about pirate movies that I really hate. Yeah. I've never... never well, most of them are terrible. That doesn't help. Yeah. yeah, I've never connected with pirate movies. I think I, I resented those segments of Watchmen, where it's like, yeah. oh, God damn, back to the pirate guy. Oh, oh, really? Oh, I, I love like the Black Freighter yeah. in, in Watchmen, yeah. Like, I I, um, I know this is a controversial take now because nobody likes the sequels, but that first Pirates of the Caribbean, I love that first one. Okay, yeah, I've never actually seen any of them. Um, like, I mean, just because I one does the pirate thing is just like, yeah. I recommend but the I first was, one. I don't know if yeah, you should watch the others if you're not that, that into yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. See, I, I watched the first one begrudgingly because I was like, oh, pirates. Pirates, oh, really? On, man. <laughs> and then watched it and was like, actually, yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, that was actually pretty entertaining. I, I think yeah. that, that, them, no way. <laughs> well, that adds the supernatural element to it. Yeah. Do we yeah. have supernatural cowboy movies? Because there's supernatural cowboy oh, like video that's games. Good. Oh, that's yeah, good. yeah, that's a good for you. Yeah, um, there's a high plains drifter. That's creepy, creepy ass Clint Eastwood movie. Oh, that was a, yeah. yeah, that's a great one. Right. Although it's kind of weird now you're saying that about like the because um, considering that like we'll be talking about you know once we get to the at the end of this minute that mentions the name Lawrence Kasdan. Yeah. Yes. And of course the guy who wrote. The Empire Strikes Back. Oh, yes. And now we're in a stage of, like, postmodernism where Star Wars was, you know, uh, inspired by various various genres. You know? yeah. And then now we have, we're at a stage where, we're like, things like The Mandalorian and Boba Fett are out. Yes. And they are very much reliant on Western tropes. Oh, like, yeah, it is all kind of yeah. very circular, very um, insular in its own kind of way. Of like, well, well, you know, a little bit of Japanese dramas and whatnot, and a little bit of samurai movies and things, and then the Western, here it comes, baby. <laughs> so are we finished with the Columbia logo? <laughs> <laughs> the only other note I made about the Columbia logo is I went to look up, because this is the fifth iteration of the logo. Very good. Well, already uh, by 85. Holy. Yeah, yeah. Well, the Columbia started in 1924. Oof. So going a long, long time. Uh, this version ran from 81 to 89. The first movie it featured in was uh, the Cheech and Chong movie, Nice Dreams. <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. Prestigious. Uh, classy. Also stars Stacey Keach, Paul Rubens, and Sandra Bernard. So. Okay, okay. That sounds great. I've only seen one Cheech and Chong movie. I'm watching that one. <laughs> Uh, and then the last movie featured in was in 89, and it was for Lost in Yonkers, uh, which is the Neil Simon adaptation with Richard Dreyfuss and uh, Mercedes Rule. Uh, people don't know who that is. It's the mum from Big. Oh. Uh, and the mum from Last Action Hero. <laughs> I mean, Big is great, but Last Action Hero is my jam. Mm. Uh, underrated classic. Yeah. I'm beginning to think now the tide might be turning again, you know, in favor of Last Action Hero. Because even we said we seasons ago in Batman, as John, we were, we were sitting going like, why do people still hate Last Action Hero? And now I'm starting to You're see people finding going like, a way to bring it back to Ernie, as always. <laughs> My whole life centers around Arnold Schwarzenegger. But uh, anyway, let's let's re-rail. So Lawrence Kasdan. 
Lawrence um, Kasdan. Now, obviously, I know him from Empire. Yeah. Um, and I'm a huge fan of Raiders, of The Lost yeah. Ark. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But when I comb through the rest of the stuff he's worked on, I'm going to admit, I actually haven't seen the majority of, uh, of any project he's been involved with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Body Heat. Never seen it. I know what yeah. it is, but I've never watched it. Yeah. That's one that mm. I just kind of happened on uh, on TV and was like, oh, this is on. I'll just watch it. And then, mm. like, you know, 20 minutes in, completely hooked. And it was like, what? You know, this is... <laughs> Um, yeah, it, it was it was like very kind of genre thrillery, you know. He seems to really <clears> like. <throat> I don't know if this is true. He seems to really like honing in on a specific yes feel and, and yeah. genre, and he's so good at it that I was just like, mm. yeah, I, I it was just one of those movies where you, you kind of half watch it on TV and then you go like, God, I wish I'd given this more attention. You know? <laughs> yeah, well, he had that, that kind of thing where he was he was banning it about Hollywood, trying to make it as a screenwriter for. Like years and years and years. I think he originally wrote The Bodyguard. Oh. You know, the movie The Bodyguard in 1975. Whoa, what? Yeah, shopped it around. It got rejected like over 60 times by like various studios what? and stuff. And then, you know, eventually finally optioned it. And then it was only in like 1991. I think it was on the set of Silverado. Kevin Costner read it. I was like, oh, we should make this sometime. And then, like, freaking six years later, it finally gets... <laughs> but he was, like, going around, like, you know, he just couldn't get work properly screenwriting anywhere. He would always have to do, like, spec strips, uh, scripts. And I think it was, yeah, at one meeting with George Lucas where he just described, like, oh, yeah, getting into the old serials kind of idea. Yeah. And, like, George was just like, okay, yeah, let's, let's make that movie then. And then that became Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah. like it's like oh you just and then from that it was just like oh yeah I've got the Star Wars sequel um, would you want care to rewrite it? So it's like okay. Well, I'll tell you <laughs> what then, the fun of a movie like Raiders, obviously that not to uh, be down on Silverado, uh, yeah. it's not Raiders, um, no, it's not. No, but no. <laughs> I feel like it captures some of the fun of a movie like that. Mm. It's got that kind of a feel. Yeah, it's it has it's it's a very adventurous feeling. You know, I was just kind of rewatching it there, getting myself in the mood and everything. And like, what struck me was the childlike way I was responding to all these, you know, <laughs> horrible murders. Uh, but because the morality of the world is so simple and straightforward, he just deserves to die. And it's so satisfying when you know there's all these like cool ways to kill people. Yeah, and. It's not too bloody because I'm a, a wuss and I can't stand any of that stuff. So it's just like, it's right where I'm at. And it's just like, yeah, kill the baddies, you know? <laughs> and um, be- because it's not gritty and realistic and because it's not trying to be grounded and historically accurate and everything, it just gives it this, um, yeah, this adventurous feel that is kind of sorely lacking in today's cinematic landscape. I agree totally. Uh, obviously, I love gritty. I love real, but sometimes I just want to have a fun time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, despite what I just said, most of the movies we have nowadays are big Marvel movies, which are completely the other direction, where it's not their own with thing, reality though. at all, and they're their own. Exactly, they're their own kind of bubble universe, mm. oh, multiverse. Excuse me. Oh yeah, um, I get it right. Yeah. <laughs> but um, well, the um, the other thing, like these, we're only just starting to see them here. But even with these glimpses of what we're seeing that you know the cowboy equipment that the boots and things mm, i love how even to us you know people not from this country not from america yeah. or with much connection to this sort of stuff i think we can instantly tell what type of film we're in for 
Oh, oh of course, yeah. yeah. It's, so, it's so beautifully done. I've also been impressed comparing the screenplay to the movie, the way it's written. And obviously, uh, you know, if you're writing a spec script, you can't be overly descriptive and you can't, you're not telling the director and the director of photography what to do. Yeah. But because the Kasdan brothers writing this knew that Lawrence would be directing. It's all just there on the page and it's so nicely written. It's so good to read and you can just see the images in your head. And so it just, you know, it's just like darkness, quiet. A camera moves through the gloom of a small, dirty wooden hut past a broken table over a well-worn saddle lying on the floor. Now a pair of boots standing empty by the rotting remains of a rough-hewn bunk up to a holstered gun Hung on the corner of the bed, the still shape of a man, a bedroll, his only protection from the splintery planks. This is Emmett, fast asleep. And it's just... That was beautiful. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, it's all there on the screen. It's this lovely panning shot. And when you look at it, it's not... It's not a straight flat pan. It's like the the, the camera is going up a little and down a little to mm. just gently track over these objects. I, it was kind of I was kind of thinking of the filmmaking style and everything. And if this was like, if this was a Wes Anderson film, all the objects would be arranged according to the f- <laughs> flat straight movement of the camera instead of <laughs> instead of the movement of the camera matching where the objects are. are yeah, to yeah. Be. You know, um, one spittoon. Yeah, one exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know? It'd be cutting to all them. <laughs> And um, yeah, uh, and and hey, I like that too. But this is just oh, yeah. it. It just flows, and we know, yeah, we know what we're in for. And you're you so quickly know you're in good hands. Yes. And mm. at this point of the film, there has been no, there has been nothing but ambient sound. So uh, I hadn't set the level on my. Just a bit like what you were t- saying earlier, John. I hadn't set. My level. I didn't know what volume level I was listening at. It was just well, I can't really hear it. Keep yeah, you got to guess. Keep turning up, <laughs> and then um, minute two. Spoilers. There's going to be some volume levels. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that that I had to quickly grab the remote. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, down. That's <laughs> <laughs> a disadvantage of uh, watching in the home. But yeah, I think that about does it for uh, minute one. Yeah. Yeah, I think I've uh, well, we've got a whole four other minutes to go. Yeah, so. hey, excited hey, for yeah. those. Well, listeners, we're going to saddle up and mosey on out of here. And uh, we'd be much obliged if you'd join us back here tomorrow. You can find Silverado Minute Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play, or on the good old World Wide Web itself at uh, silveradominute.com. So I want to let you know as well that you can join us on social media. The Midnight Star Saloon, the Silverado Minute Listeners Group on Facebook and Twitter. It's Silverado MXM. How about this? Can we can we do a nice little yeehaw to uh, say goodbye to everyone and we'll see them all tomorrow? Oh Three. my god, I was about to do that regardless of whether you asked me to or not. <laughs> Let's attempt an ill-fated uh, synchronized yeehaw. Three, two, oh, okay. one. Yeehaw! yeehaw! Excellent. Rubbish. <laughs> <laughs>